Hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Tech Swamp. We have our host and friendly membership team here today. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. Hello, Caitlin. What is up? Well, you know, just membership chilling. Just chilling. And of course, myself, Alex. This month, we're sitting down with Betsy Furler of member company For All Abilities for a conversation around accessibility access. We'll be discussing the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, specifically sections 503 and 508, and how accessibility access empowers people with disabilities and helps create a diverse and complete workplace. But before we get into that, we're going to hit tech history and run through some DC headlines. April 1st, 2004, Gmail launched. 17 years ago this month, Gmail launched an invitation-only email service. Due to the fact that Google launched this easy-to-use tool on April 1st, many were skeptical about the legitimacy of the product. But Gmail quickly won over users with their speedy and efficient product. The invitation-only launch added some mystery and exclusiveness to the service, and that strategy is believed to have driven even more interest in the product. And that's all for Tech History. That sound means it's time for What's Brewing in D.C. Caitlin and Brad, what are the top tech headlines? After last week's Senate Judiciary Antitrust Subcommittee hearing, where lawmakers heard from Apple and Google about App Store practices, big tech is getting called back this week. On April 27th, the Senate Judiciary Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and the Law is holding a hearing where Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube will testify on their role Uh, the platforms played when it comes to the spread of misinformation and specifically the role social media played in the January 6th insurrection. And in more Senate news, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer led a bipartisan, bicameral effort to introduce legislation that would invest more than $100 billion in emerging tech in an effort for the U.S. to better compete with China. The Endless Frontiers Act would establish a Technology and Innovation Directorate at the National Science Foundation, which would use $100 billion in federal funds over five years to research emerging technologies. Quote, this legislation will enhance American competitiveness with China and other countries by investing in American innovation, building up regions across the country to lead in the innovation economy, creating good-paying American manufacturing and high-tech jobs, and strengthening America's research, development, and manufacturing capabilities, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said. We'll be sure to keep you posted on this legislation in future episodes of TechSwamp. Some new legislation out of the House last week. A bipartisan group of House members introduced legislation that would prompt multiple federal entities to comprehensively study and inform new policies to reduce sexual harassment impacting America's STEM workforce. Among other things, the Combating Sexual Harassment in Science Act would direct the National Science Foundation to implement a competitive grant program for academic institutions and nonprofit organizations to extend research into sexual and gender harassment among STEM personnel and interventions to lessen incidents and the consequences of such behavior. And that's all for What's Brewing. For our policy discussion, I'm going to kick it over to Caitlin, who is joined by Betsy Furler of For All Abilities. Okay, so as Alex mentioned earlier, we're being joined by Betsy Furler of member company For All Abilities. Hey, Betsy, thanks for joining us on TechSwamp. Hey, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me back. 
Um, of course, it's so great to have a member friend of the pod, an MFOTP now. So I'm excited to to have you back. Can you give us a refresh? What's what's your elevator pitch? How would you describe For All Abilities? Sure. So I'm the founder of For All Abilities, and we are an organization that basically helps employers support their employees with disabilities, neurodiversity, either or both, as well as helping companies navigate all of the issues that they may come across because of accessibility and disability issues. We were founded about three years ago, um, and we have a software solution also that helps employers figure out what the best supports they have for their employees with disabilities are. And then we also offer fractional chief accessibility officer services where we can come into any company and help them navigate the space of disability and accessibility, whether it has to do with the law or um, they just have an employee that they feel like isn't as productive or successful as they could be. Anything related to that space, we can guide a company through. Absolutely. And so um, when we were at AppCon 2021, um, you were speaking about being the only uh, person, company, business that offers a certain service in the Houston area that is around um, accessibility. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, at the time, I was specifically talking about the use of eye gaze computers and teaching people to use their eyes to access a piece of technology. But I've also since then found out that I'm one of the other only people um, in the world, possibly, who is really um, on the forefront of offering these consulting services around disability. In fact, I also do a little consulting in the in the film and advertising world, and I'm mm-hmm. currently getting to consult on a, a TV commercial that's being um, produced in England. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. Super excited about it because um, there are just not very many people in this space. And so it's it's really exciting to be on the forefront and of that. It's also amazing that there are not as many people that do this kind of work as we would have thought they would. And, you know, mm-hmm. back to back to the eye gaze situation, we can have all the accessibility in the world. But if people with disabilities can't actually access the, mm-hmm. you know, the Internet, the PDFs, the videos, the TV, any of that, if they can't if they don't have the actual physical physical access, all the accessibility in the world doesn't matter. Right. What's the point of a tool if a person who needs it can't access it? Um, totally, totally get that. So I'm sure that this is information that you already know. But for our listeners who might not know, last year marked the 30th anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, otherwise known as ADA. Um, and this legislation is a civil rights law that prohibits discrimination against individuals with disabilities. So this protects folks at places like their jobs, at schools, on transportation, and all public and private places that are open to general to the general public. And the purpose of this law is to make sure that people with disabilities have the same rights and opportunities that everyone else has. So, Betsy, you're joining us today to kind of be the policy expert on the ADA, specifically sections 503 and 508. So with all that said, let's start with section 503. What's in there and how do you help folks um, comply with section 503? 
Well, Section 503 is the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, and it prohibits federal contractors and subcontractors from discriminating in employment against individuals with disabilities. But it also requires that employers take affirmative, affirmative action to recruit, hire, promote, and retain people with disabilities. So I think that is where it's very important for all companies to realize that if they um, want to do work basically with the federal government, and oftentimes, you know, many state governments and even corporations, even if they're not compelled by federal law to follow this, they do. They do follow it right. because they themselves are have federal contracts. So there's a really big trickle-down effect that I think people forget about. So mm -hmm. while I believe it's the best thing to do both for um, the world and people in general to understand that people with disabilities are very capable and have very great strengths that are beneficial to companies, um, so it's not just the right thing to do, but it's really the thing that you have to do. Um, and it's really important to know that you have to follow these guidelines in making your hiring practices fair. And uh -huh. then once you are finished through, you've gone through the hiring process, you also have to make reasonable accommodations for people to be able to do the work that they're doing for you in a way that is supportive and where they can work to their highest level of productivity. And Absolutely. as as you're looking at hiring and firing, because you always want to think about that, mm -hmm. um, you have to make sure that you're very fair about that and you're not holding someone's disability against them. Absolutely. Um, so as an example, and I, you don't have to go into details, name any names or anything, but like, can you give a real world example of where you've gone in to help uh, a client of yours kind of comply with that 503? Sure. Um, one recent um, example I have is I, I, I went into a company, they were being very proactive, having some difficulty with one of their employee, employees who had a diagnosed and declared disability and there they really felt like they didn't know if the problem that was coming up was a kind of a personality clash between employees uh -huh. or related to this person's disability right so they had me come in and kind of look at look at the situation look at what what the person's disabilities were and how that might affect the work. Um, uh -huh. I talked to, I interviewed the employee, I interviewed the manager, and I interviewed the senior um, management of the company to get a full picture. And then I talked to the employee about, I, I did determine that it was related to, his, the, to their disability. And then uh -huh. I looked at what could happen in this company to make this different and better for both the company mm -hmm. and the employee. And the employee was really the person who was, I was interviewing and saying, you know, what's going on, what's causing this quote unquote behavior and what, what could be different? What, you know, if, if you were the king or queen of the world, what, uh -huh. what would be different to help you navigate? And actually the, the solution was very simple. And, um, the solution was basically to kind of reduce anxiety, to reduce pressure that was really self-imposed, but uh -huh. 
but the way the company's policies were, it was compounding his self, the person's self-imposed pressure. So we worked on things like limiting the amount of time that this person had to spend on Zoom on camera. So not limiting the amount of meetings that they had, but, you know, would it be acceptable to turn the camera on at the beginning of the meeting, anytime this person had an active role in the meeting and at the end Uh of the meeting? Really, is it necessary to be on camera for six hours? So things like that that you don't even think of, especially as our world is changing so quickly. Another issue was the fact that the culture of the company was very... Um, built around a lot of team building and cool stuff, but Uh there were happy hours that were really kind of not mandated, but the employee felt pressured to attend that Uh were all around drinking alcohol. Uh And, and that's something that this person doesn't do as a side effect of his, of the disability. And, you know, you know, would it be okay to just pop on and say hi and be social for a few minutes and then, you know, then go on about, you know, their life? Do they really need to be involved in the happy hour? Um, You know, it's things like that where it was so easy to make this accommodation and it's, it's improved the, the employee's performance um, and, gotten me more business, which is great. And, uh, you know, the company's happy because the performance has improved. Right. The morale is better. The employee is happy because the communication is now there between the company and the individual. So there are some very simple things that can be done. You know, another example is just someone who is in their job description. They're the note taker uh, at their work and they, mm-hmm. when they have team meetings, this person is assigned to be the note taker and okay. the person, the employee has a, has dyslexia and really okay. struggles with note taking. Mm-hmm. It's not a chief function of the position that they were hired for. It's just something that's kind of, you know, in the company's plan that, you know, if you're, you know, if you're in this role, you're the note taker and, right. you know, that I can... I can come up with a lot of accommodations or apps and other software that can help people with note taking. But sometimes it's as simple as, "Mm, why don't you assign someone else to note take? Mm -hmm. And when that person needs to note take, you know, can they do a, an audio recording or, and then transcribe it later? Or um, can they take bullet points instead of full, you know, full notes? Uh Just simple things like that, that, you know, it's just, it's, it it seems very intuitive to me. Evidently, it's not to other people. (laughs) Well, I would be a horrible podcast host if I didn't also mention that you also have a podcast. Um, And on your podcast, I have listened to several episodes and I noticed this common theme in your podcast and with what you just said of a lot of these accommodations are very simple to make. And you just need someone there to be like, oh, let's make this um, accommodation of turning off the camera um, during like the big chunk of the meeting when I'm not speaking or things like that. That it's just like it's it's not super difficult, but it just takes a different kind of mind to come up with the solution. And so I think that that the work that you're doing is really important and really great. And I I hope that we see more folks emerge in this industry. Um, 
to, to do the kind of work that you're doing. Um, but now I have to ask you, because we said we were going to talk about Section 508. So I have to ask now, same question with Section 508. What What's in that section and how are you helping folks comply with that part of ADA? So the ADA protects the civil rights of persons with disabilities participating in interstate commerce, whereas Section 508 is a regulation related to the access to government ICT. So uh-huh. 508 compliance for, provides accessibility for digitally published materials within government agencies and entities. And is also it also broadly applies to society, commerce, and government as a whole. So we're looking at accessibility to technology, PDFs, um, TV, all different types of communication, that, that type of accessibility. So in, in what you're doing specifically with clients and folks you work with, how are you working to help them comply with 508? What are some examples of some of the work that you're doing around this? So around 508, what we that falls under our um, fractional chief accessibility officer product. So mm-hmm. what we do is we go in and we help them look at or audit their learning materials, resources, things like that, both internal and external, as mm-hmm. well as websites. And um, we can do some of that ourselves, or we outsource to other agencies who specialize in that. So we can make sure that they have, for instance, an accessible website. Um, not having an accessible website at this point, um, especially for a company that does any work with the government, is not 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 acceptable now um so it's very very important that 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 both their their internal um communications are accessible as well as their external communication sometimes companies will think well we have a team of five people for instance i i have an example of a company very 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 large company and they have some internal apps and software and So, for instance, this, you know, this one um, team was telling me, well, we're a team of five people and we're the only five people who use this app. So it doesn't have to be accessible. They were, you know, giving, debating with me over accessibility. And I said, well, I disagree because you don't know when someone else is going to join the team. Uh You don't know when one of you is going to have a need for accessibility. Right. You, yes. There are so many factors to that that everything needs to be accessible, not to mention standards need to be capped across the board. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that one thing that people forget is there's a large population um, in the U.S. and the world that has a dis- diagnosed disability. And we're all one step away from having a disability ourselves. So right. we're all aging. With age comes disabilities. We're losing our vision, our hearing, our mobility just from the aging process. COVID is also a major factor now and other diseases as well, but COVID's more on the forefront because as you read about COVID long haulers or people who have had COVID uh-huh. symptoms for long periods of time, they develop cognitive issues, brain yeah. fog, issues with memory, all sorts of of symptoms that cause them to have a disability. Um, Same thing with, you know, people losing sight because of other disease processes, someone having a stroke or a heart Mm -hmm. attack, um, not getting enough sleep, 
having too much alcohol. My favorite example is not getting enough sleep, having too much alcohol, drinking too much coffee or not enough coffee. All of those things cause us to think differently and and access things differently. Um, And so it's so important to realize that all of this accessibility is, yes, it's focused on people with diagnosed disabilities, but it's really it's really helpful for all of us and it's really helpful for all employees and all customers. So I am a strong believer that accessibility should be on all sides of a company's resources. Absolutely. I think this transitions very nicely into my next question for you. So, you know, we have been talking a lot about policy and what what you're doing in these specific sections of, of ADA. It's also very easy when we're talking about policy and business to lose the personal aspect of things. And, you know, March was National Developmental Disabilities Awareness Month. This month is Autism Awareness Month. How are these, you know, laws, requirements, whatever you want to call them, empowering the folks that it's set out to? How how are the people who have been intended to benefit from these accommodations? How are they how are they benefiting from these? Well, you know, like I was saying about the accessibility, it's just so important. Um, one that we think about the different ways people do things, and I think through federal law and regulation it sets a standard, you know, it sets that standard of this may be different, but it's not wrong. And the, and people with a disability or with a difference are not less than someone who's passing as a quote unquote normal or typical person. And I think that is one of the major benefits of some of this regulation is that, yes, it, it, it tries to level the playing field, but it also sends a message. Uh-huh. that there's th- that this is important and and that the this segment of your employees or your this segment of your customers are just as important as the people who might be able to access your website or your PDFs or your TV station um or your streaming service in a more traditional way absolutely and and so i think you know last year We saw a lot of updates to products from Apple, Google, Microsoft, companies like that to make them more accessible. So as we're wrapping up this convo, you know, what are you looking forward to the most in this space? This can be contributions from industry, uh, something you're doing that's exciting. What's what's on your what's on the horizon that is exciting you about the accessibility space right now? I think the most exciting thing to me about it is that it's becoming a thing. It's becoming uh-huh. something people are talking about it. Y'all are talking about it. You have it on your <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, the commercial that I'm consulting on, it's like there's going to be a commercial out there that's really aimed for people with disabilities, which is really exciting. Um, it's just becoming more more of a thing. It's people are talking about it. People are doing things about it. It it, it feels like it's becoming mainstream and not the kind of elephant in the room that, you know, kind of nobody wants to talk about. And it's very exciting for, obviously, for my growth, for my company's growth, but also for our society as a whole. I think when we can recognize that everybody thinks, works, and goes through life differently, 
we can accept the differences we have within ourselves as we're accepting other people. And I think it's that's fantastic for our society and people with disabilities who have been kind of left out of conversations in the past are getting mm-hmm. to be getting to have their place at the table. Absolutely. And with that, I can't I can't even top what you just said. Chef's kiss. Betsy, thank you so much for joining us this month on Tech Swamp. And uh, your uh, podcast will be in our show notes if you want to go ahead and give a plug. For it is. It's for all abilities, the podcast. Yep. Same name as my company. Well, we'll have the the link in our show notes to the For All Abilities podcast. And Betsy, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And now it is time for Random Identifier. Brad, you are up first. All right. We've got a new band to talk about. We're going to go away from the the sandy shores of Australia back to (laughs) the U.S. this time. A New York band called The Muckers. Oh, Uh, that's a great band name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of like a a prog rock band with a lot of really dance funk type grooves to what they play. Um, It's kind of cool because the the lead singer and guitar player is an immigrant from Iran. And the only reason he's allowed to stay in the U.S. is because of his job with the band. So that's kind of brings new meaning to the music that they're playing. (laughs) Yeah, that's very cool. That's awesome. Yeah, only have one album so far, but boy, it's uh, it's very good. That sounds like the kind of band that's going to be very fun to see live once we can do that. Oh my goodness. I, I'm just counting down the days. <laughs> <laughs> if you could like describe what their sound is like to anything that we would know, how would you describe that? Oh, wow. I, I think it's, it, it's almost one of those bands that doesn't really sound like any other band. Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I was hoping you would say from what how you describe them. I was like, I'm having a hard time like yeah. visualize not visualizing the sound. You don't you don't visualize sound. But anyways, well, yeah. you could visualize sound. If you're yeah. Kanye West. Or <laughs> iTunes yeah. circa like two thousand five, I'm pretty sure oh, they yeah. have a visualizer. <laughs> I forgot about that. Those weird like twisty colors. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Throwback. <laughs> um, Caitlin, what about you? What do you have for us? Besides now allowing for us to all remember those crazy iTunes things. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I just would like to talk about um, an enemy that I have personally. Mm-hmm. And I have talked about this enemy before on the podcast. So this will come as no surprise to our longtime listeners that mm-hmm. I am disturbed but excited about Elon Musk hosting Saturday Night Live this week. Um, I'm kind of hoping, uh, and I don't normally like root for the downfall or a, <laughs> or a bad situation for a person, but like, I hope that his timing is really off. I hope that he, he embarrasses himself. I'm sorry to say, I hope he does embarrass himself a lot. Yeah, I, um, I tend to fall on the same side as you, <laughs> specifically when it comes to this. Um, I have... I I have very strong feelings about Elon Musk being on Saturday Night Live, and none of them are positive. No, um, not a one. Not a single <laughs> one. Um, and I'm trying to work through it. And you know, I I have like I've liked quite a bit of what the cast has been doing this year. So I like I want to support and I want to watch. But we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see that space litterer. What if he litters the <laughs> SNL stage with trash? Honestly, well, his presence being on the stage is 
proof enough that he will be doing that. It makes he's me sad. Trash. Yeah, it just I'm I'm you know I'm a little I'm I'm scared I'm disheartened and like Miley Cyrus is gonna be there and like she actually would be a very funny host so I'm like what's going on <laughs> Yeah, I think she's hasn't she done the like hosting performing thing for SNL or am I spreading a rumor I don't remember I know she has been in skits That's yeah. what I got but I don't really remember if that was as a host or a musical guest or a little bit of both or one or the other I don't remember. I'm just hoping some, like, public shadiness happens. Because, like, Miley Cyrus, she she will speak out if yeah. she has a problem. Yeah. So, hoping that maybe she does something unhinged about it. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Saturday is, <laughs> is you know, not that far away. It's Rooting not. for chaos. Rooting for chaos. Live Her chaos. usual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is actually sort of funny. Which will make sense in a second. Um, because my <laughs> random identifier is inspired by Caitlin, in fact. Um, because today she reminded me of an Elvis Costello album um, from oh. 2002 called When I Was Cruel. Which which led me down a very strange path. But it's funny because when it was when, <laughs> when I Was Cruel is the name of the um, album. And we were just kind of being mean about <laughs> Elon Musk. Get it? Okay, anyway. So, um, okay, so this is what happened. So I was listening to that album. And... Um, one of the songs reminded me of the song that I used to really love by a band called Rooney. And Rooney had an album called Rooney that came out in 2003. Um, and the title track or like the opening track to that album is called Blue Side. Anyway, this song on Elvis Costello's album reminded me of that. And so then this is where my random identifier comes in. Because <laughs> did you know that the lead singer of Rooney, his name's Robert Schwartz, and, um, well, Schwartzman, and he was in The Princess Diaries. He played Michael. Um, oh, my his, gosh! Yep, and his brother is Jason Schwartzman, who has been in lots of movies. My favorite of his is Rushmore. And he has a band called Coconut Records um, that had an album that came out in 2007 called Night Timing. And then... Um, that reminded me that he used to be in Phantom Planet and Phantom Planet did the opening song to the OC California and their album came out. Wait, this is the crazy thing because the album that came out that had California on it also came out in 2002. So I made it from Elvis Costello's album in 2002 all the way to Phantom Planet's album in 2002 with two Schwartzman brothers I feel very proud of these connections. Yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get this into the show notes because um, I I obviously drew myself a little diagram and it's unhinged. So I I was going to say, I think you should just like, uh, we can have the link in your show notes just be the meme of that guy standing in front of the like conspiracy theory board where he looks like he hasn't (laughs) slept in days and has all the red lines drawn and like the the graph in the circle. Yeah, that that could just, that could just be that. I also feel of your diagram. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> maybe um it also has the alphabet because apparently that's what i do sometimes during calls is write out the alphabet but um that's but... so funny that you say that i was singing the alphabet in my head the other day <laughs> when i was walking bandit and i was like why am i singing the abcs and it's because i was looking at the streets and they're like letters in dc so i was on like t s like then i'm like q r s t so ridiculous um hopefully that happens to other people in dc that they sing the alphabet (laughs) my aunt lives in alphabet city and i do always have to like spell out the alphabet to her street 
when I am in New York to remind myself of where I'm going. Um, but then do you get all? that banger of the ABC stuck in your head? Oh, yeah, I sing the ABC song all the time. <laughs> all the time, especially when I'm alphabetizing, which I have to do weirdly a lot. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> That's it for Tech Swamp. If you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And of course, we want to give a shout out to Brad Goodall, who has composed the podcast Awesome Music. Thanks, Brad. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we would love a rate and review. Five stars only, please. <laughs> That's all for today, folks. Everyone, <laughs> say bye. Bye. Bye.